You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. Oh, yeah. Bing is for doing, and here we are doing the last and final amazing and just epic show for Spartacus, War of the Damned. And it is season three, episode 10, the final episode, and I'm your host, Sean O. And I'm joined here by my awesome and spicy co-host, Spicy Mari, making sure that we're keeping it hot and sizzling. Sex scenes coming up. <laughs> oh, hell, hell yes. And we had we had one really good one, right? We had a great one. We'll Let's talk ta- about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But our big topics. Obviously, this is the series, not the season, Spicy. This is the series finale of Spartacus. And I'm sad to see it go. But this was an amazing episode. And it was a great way. It was a great coup de grace, finishing touch that... The that the writer uh, Stephen DeKnight put on for us, and it was just an amazing show. What did I say while we were watching? Best show on television thus far, from beginning to end, from first season to last. Amazing. Yeah, and this, oh man, this episode was just, it was more than I expected. I was so glad. And you you saw me next to you cheering. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the fanboy there, just seated next to you, like spouting out Spartacus stuff and putting my hands up in dismay when things happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this was a pretty intense episode and a little bit sad too. It was definitely a little depressing. But, uh, you know, Sparty fans will agree with us. We are sad to see it go. Yes, very sad indeed. But these are our topics now uh, that we're going to talk. And we're going to try to get through as much of the content as we can. But final battle breakdown. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about Spartacus versus Crassus. Yes, and both times when they talked and when they fought. Right. Then we'll talk about Gannicus and Corey and their crucifixion. And we have a special guest that's supposed to be with us today. Yes, fingers crossed. Tyrone Bell, all the way from New Zealand. He Yay. works He works on the show. He he actually, we t- we've talked about him a lot this season. He retweeted us and everything, so I'm hoping us. that he's able to buzz in with us. Yeah, he's the trainer on the show for all the gladiators and the Romans. So it's 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 so great that we're uh, we're going to be having him, and hopefully hopefully the Skype call goes through. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's get started before uh, we get him on the line. So uh, the final battle breakdown. I need to go in. I need to go down. Let's. How about you start us off, Spicy? Okay. So on this episode, 
we, of course, get to see both uh, the Romans and the rebels preparing for battle. We hear Marcus Crassus on one end, and then we hear Spartacus on the other, both preparing their soldiers to go into battle. And Spartacus, of course, gives this amazing, touching speech in order to prepare the men. But we see also Gannicus and everybody kissing their loved ones and Gannicus gives Sybil a public, uh, you know, kiss. I guess they're official now. And actually, Spartacus, I, I think it was it was with Laida, and Spartacus was the one that I think Spartacus was, gives Laida the first public yeah, kiss. Yes, but for sure. Gannicus gives Sybil a public kiss as you know well. What? Yeah, I think you're because, right because he hasn't come out with his relationship yet either. That was something that was secretive. He was having an affair you know, on Saxa. You know what? They did have one kiss during Crixus's going away party, and that's when Saxa saw them. Do you remember that? I think something like that happened. But we're getting, I don't remember. But we're getting kind of sidetracked. Oh, okay, go <laughs> so, ahead. <laughs> anyway, okay, so ba- after they, they do their council on, or they do their their speeches on both sides of the battlefield, right. then I, we notice that the Roman formations are very impressive. They are so squared, organized. organized, squared away, and we see them up against Spartacus's army, and they, you can't even see his lines. Like, they're so dispersed, and it's like a straight line uh, that's kind of, like, scattered, right? So e- even Crassus and Caesar, they're looking upon this, and they're like, wow, to kill so few of these? And, and Crassus is obviously saying to Caesar, uh, well, you know what? This is an example that's going to be made, and you're not going to show anybody mercy. And, he's, and they say this to, to everybody on the, uh, on the Roman side. But before they begin the battle, is that the conversation that you that was are con- talking about yeah, between exactly. uh, Spartacus and um, Marcus? Yes. And so that in itself, you thought was a little heated, right? Because you were like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" They- oh, uh, I was actually referring to Caesar and Crassus. Oh, okay. But we can we're, we're going to move on to that a little bit later. Okay. That'll be our next topic. That was the uh, the begin. That was before the actual fight, like commenced. Yes. Okay. Yes, but I'm talking about the actual battle right now. Right. So uh, before, so they each give their speeches, right? And when they move into battle, or, or shortly beforehand, there's like great symbolism that happens with uh, Agron's shield, right? So it, it's a red serpent on there, and Nasir put it on there. He doesn't know what Spartacus is thinking, but Spartacus sees it, and he's like, you know what? This is an omen. This is exactly we've come full circle in a way. And I asked you during the show. I said, what does this serpent represent? And you explained it to me. And our regular Spartacus fans will will be able to uh, recap with you. What was the serpent representative? It was pretty much his wife's dream. His wife had a dream that he was kneeling before a red serpent. And we saw that when he was in the gladiatorial arena, when he was supposed to be executed. And he was, you know, and then, of course, he survived. And he survived until now. He sees it again. And he's destined for great and unfortunate things. So he's he was able to lead this great rebel army. He was able to rise up with slaves and turn turn, you know, lash into a sword and be able to take swords up against their masters. And and of course, the unfortunate thing is, we, you know, the spoiler alert, he ends up dying. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into the actual, the death. But the uh, actual shield was created by Nasir for Agron yes. so that Agron could participate in the battle as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, one of the the great, the awesome things that happened was they did. How did they make this huge crevasse? How did this? That was so unexpected for me. Well, it, it, I mean, leave it to Spartacus to do the impossible, as uh, Gannicus said. But I mean, it was 
amazing to see because it just emptied. I don't know if they care, yeah. covered it with what it was, how they created yeah. that. But then we see the Romans fall inside of it yeah. as soon as the war begins. And so many of them get impaled. And that wasn't that wasn't the only surprise of the battle. So the battle's going on. It's going forward, right? And then the, the Romans get up to that point and they're like, you know what? Let's just turtle up and put our shields in front of us and on top of us. Guess what? They can't see anything. And Spartacus and his men turn up in the dirt ladders that go over the crevasse and they go over them and Spartacus is the first one over putting swords into as many Romans as he can and so all of his other rebel army follow. And a fight that was <laughs> because they all didn't you say that they were able to get from behind and the spears start flying? That's right. And what actually happened with that, too. So that was the third surprise, actually, where Gannicus, who was nowhere to be found. But and of course, a good lack of dramatic irony there. He comes in and he completely flanks him. I thought he was just going to flank him from the side. But no, he got completely on the other side, the six, the tail end of Crassus's army. And he overtook the ballistas, which are those those big crossbow looking things that shoot gigantic spears and they took those they were shooting them at the front lines of the romans and hit, probably hitting a bunch of men in between too oh my gosh and it was almost dang near impossible not to get defeated because there were so many romans that were organized like we said versus the rebels but let's get into uh, marcus crassus and spartacus's conversation yeah. that they had because that way that, that can lead us into their battle yeah. that they had one-on-one between each other yeah, that was a really good scene. Um, gosh, there there's so many good lines in there. Uh, I want to when I first saw them and, and they met each other, I was like, "Oh, right, they're getting some FaceTime." Like I predicted they would, right? And of course, like they can't just go into battle and not and not have some meaning behind it, not show the motivation, right? So, we end up having them converse but i thought when they drew their swords out i thought that they were actually going to fight mano a mano oh no not yet but they didn't end up doing that <laughs> no but they but you know what it was just as it was just as nice because they exchanged words and they all had so much meaning behind it which was really good well i was surprised to see them almost uh shake at the end of their conversation before they went into battle, the fact that they even were on the same accord. I mean, of course, Spartacus is threatening to take his life and Marcus Crassus is saying, of course, you'll try, but, you know, you won't. I mean, they were almost being kind to each other. And even uh, Marcus admitted, you know, we have so much hate for each other, but we've never even spoke. This is the first time that we've ever had a real one-on-one conversation. But they were both, you know, very, I guess, uh they were men about it and they decided were. to wait into the battlefield to actually fight. And and what's the great thing about Crossus is he doesn't treat Spartacus like he's a slave. And there were so many good lines that were exchanged during that final battle and beforehand, too. We One of my favorite quotes was he said, we've vexed each other for many months. Yes. <laughs> that was good, too. That is, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and then uh, when they closed that scene off, Spartacus said, there is no justice, not of this world. And Crossus... Re- uh, responds at last a thing we agree upon at last so that was really really cool well while the battle breaks out they finally you know go they part ways and they of course start fighting in the midst of that we see an amazing scene where marcus crassus is on horse and he calls spartacus out and he's coming he's plunging at spartacus Mm -hmm. and spartacus leaps in the air like his jaguar pounce he always does (laughs) a trick he probably learned from tyrone uh but he knocks marcus off his horse and so this that com- looks really like a lethal blow. Too. Oh, yeah. And this confidence that we see that Marcus originally had when he was coming for Spartacus has now left. 
and his soldiers are now protecting him from Spartacus. Yeah. And then in the midst of that, we see that uh, they get they flee, you know, they flee, they get him to safety. But then up a hill comes Spartacus running, blood dripping all over him. Blood, dirt. Just he was just uh, just drenched in war. But this was probably I feel like one of the best scenes because we see him running up the hill with swords in hand, and coming wonder, after Marcus. And I wonder if that was the same hill where they were having that little the original conversation, that original conversation before the battle. Knowing the writers, they probably were. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they thought all of that, all of that out. And so he comes after Marcus, but he has the soldiers protecting him. Yeah, at first he does, and Spartacus annihilates the soldiers. He oh yeah, takes, there was like six of them, right? Yeah, he takes them all out, and Crossus is there because he was being protected by his men. Now he has nothing. But Spartacus lets him get the sword. And not only does Crossus pick up one, like a typical Roman, he picks up two. That is so unique. And that's what he's been training this whole time. Right. And I love it. No other Roman would fight like that but Crossus because he is the unique one. He is the one that's different above all else because he does not see himself above the slaves, above the rebels. And he was trained by a gladiator. So he feels like he's prepared to fight Spartacus. This is the moment that he's been waiting for. And they go at it. But my favorite part of the scene is when we see the fight coming to an end and we think that at some point Marcus Crassus has Spartacus because he plunges at him with the sword from behind, kind of. And uh, after he captures the sword in hand, he yeah. comes at Spartacus to plunge. Yeah. But Spartacus does the same exact thing and catches the sword in his hand as well, showing his equal strength. And, hey, I can catch a sword with my hands, too. Yeah, that was really amazing. And that brings us back again, like full circle to the beginning of the season where we see Crossus do that with his uh, with his slave that he was training with. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and we know that he has that move in his arsenal. He's like <laughs> it's like he's got an ace in his sleeve, you know, uh-huh. but he ends up taking Taking that out, and right then, I'm thinking to myself, dude, this is it. He's got Spartacus cold. Like, that, he, Spartacus can't expect this. Right. But Spartacus expects the unexpected. And he thinks quickly, of course, he's a gladiator. He's the bringer of rain. He grabs that sword, and he takes it in his own hands. And it, it was just so now, fantastic. realistically, those fingers might have fallen off if both of them had done that. Grab the sword yeah. at the at the actual, you know, metal part with yeah. your hands. Because it's sharp. Can it slice through your hands? You know, it could have been really messed up during the battle. Because even though they sharpen it beforehand, imagine you're pounding against people armor you're hitting you're getting dirt and blood all over it it probably does soften it up a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so that they both can catch it with their hands and you know what it just looks really cool anyway it was an amazing scene that was my favorite fight scene thus far from this season but then we see right when uh, marcus is about to defeat spartacus um we see you know spartacus grab the sword and then spartacus gets the upper hand and he's about to now defeat marcus crassus but then the spears come there's three of them that hit Spartacus from behind yeah. in his back and then one in the leg. Not one, but three. Taking and, him down. And and finally the third one took him down because it went into his leg. But but Marcus Crassus comes over to him prepared yeah. to take his life. We see all these memories of uh Mar- of uh Spartacus's love of his life and I was telling you flashing back. Right. He was he was prepared to die. He was thinking of Varro, he was thinking of Sora, he was thinking of all of his friends and comrades and Mira too. And right before he is uh, prepared to die, we see uh, Agron come to the rescue we, on top of horse with spear in hand. <laughs> and another, another unexpected surprise. I, I really felt, seriously, just the way the action was going, the way the writing was happening in the scenes, I felt like 
I, I felt like no one was coming to his rescue. I thought he was going to get impaled by that gladius that Crossus had in his hands. Yeah. And then later on, his body would be found or something like that. But he ended up escaping just for a little bit longer. Well, yeah, Marcus Crassus got knocked over. And then, of course, you know, Caesar comes and, you know, grabs him. And now they're looking for Spartacus's body because they don't know, you know, where he went or who took him. But Agron, you know, takes him to the rescue with Nasir, you know, to hiding or to safety uh, back up with the rest of the rebels. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to talk about uh, about Gannicus and Corey getting crucified, but I want to move on to our tweets from our fans. Okay. And, and, and we talk have to about mention all the people quick. that uh, lives were lost along the battle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to do that while I pull up the tweets? Yeah, I'll do that really quick. So uh, on this episode, you guys, if you are like me, you're sad or cringe every single time you see one of the rebels go down because over the seasons, we've developed relationships with these people. So immediately we start to see... Um, uh, Lugo, he's, he goes down. He's the first one to get caught first on fire. First one, he he gets lit on fire. I kind of complained about this scene to Sean because I felt like it was a little unrealistic and it looked very digital. You didn't and like the CGI. I didn't like the graphics for it. I just felt like, uh, I understand what they were doing. I just don't think that they achieved it. It just didn't look real to me with him being on fire and he's still fighting <laughs> fighting the Romans off. But it, regardless, we lose his life. And then um, the next to fall Saxa. was uh, Saxa. And that was really sad, but she finally was back in Gannicus's arms. She was, and that was really nice. That was a good touch. And uh, after and that, lastly, Navia ends up dying. Navia, oh, and she's goodness. now reunited with Crixus. Yeah, and she got killed the same way that Varro did. Remember back in season yes. one when Spartacus impaled Varro with the gladius into his from the like the neck, the, uh, like up here in this area, uh, down into the abdomen and the chest. That was so brutal and that was so bloody. But what Caesar, But the fact that Caesar did that to her and takes the sword from her, saying this doesn't belong to you, yeah. slave. Like Damn. emphasis on the slave. Like, yeah. not only are you going to die, I'm going to remind you of your worth and who you are. Damn, and Caesar. takes Tiberius' sword back. Caesar is such a great fighter, too. But, uh, oh, man. And the, the way he, he knocked out Gannicus like that, I was wondering what was going on. Well, you know, they had, like, a little rivalry going on. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of, uh, you know, those next in line for dying, let's talk about Gannicus and um, Corey. Oh, you know what? Let's we gotta do the t- we gotta do the tweets okay. and stuff. So let's, let's talk about the okay, tweets. Okay, we'll save that for the. Uh, we got we gotta do these fast because we're gonna have uh, Tyrone Bell on the line. Oh, six thirty. Yep. Yep. So uh, we got a uh, on our YouTube channel. We got a lot of comments here from um, it looks like Milt RB. What other podcasts are you two featured in? Well, us two together as a team, we're not featured in another one yet. But if Caesar comes around... Which it, is rumored. Which is rumored. We may do that together. How yes, spicy. we may. Uh, I'm going to be doing a Hemlock Grove, actually, within the next couple of weeks, which is a Netflix original series. Uh, it seems like a really good show. It's starring Famke Jansen. It's about werewolves. What are you going to be doing, Spicy? Nice. I don't have anything coming up right this second. I just wrapped up uh, with Happy Endings, and um, fortunately, Spartacus is coming to an end. I'm so sad, but it's unfortunate at the same time. Okay, so uh, also, just listen. She says she had a really good comment here. She said, I think... Uh, thanks, I think I got it. Oh, she had some predictions and stuff, and she said, thanks, I think I got it right because I'm a writer myself, and I was trying to get into the mind of Denight and his team. So she was able to predict that Agron and Nasir walked off together. And I thought that that was very interesting, that they are the ones that lived. I felt like uh, that was unusual. I thought that 
all of the rebels were going to die. But, I mean, you know, was, I guess that was supposed to be like the romantic element. <laughs> had, you're right. They had one power couple survive. Right. I'm, and I'm so glad that that happened. But all my favorite couples died. Yeah. So a little that. bit sad about that. MG playerable. And by the way, Caesar actually looks like Thor. So I guess we were saying Brad Pitt last time, right? Right. So you're saying that Caesar looks like Thor more. And you know what? I agree with you, actually, MG playerable, especially with the beard and mustache, like you mentioned in your comment. Um, also, we had Miss Lost Nikita. Yes, she said she loved. Out. Yeah, she, shout out to her. She said she loved the arena atmosphere and it was a great farewell. Uh, and because it was such a big part of the show, like the whole first season and even some of the second season and, of course, season zero, it was all arena fights. And I actually liked that about the show a lot. So it was a good throwback when they had that arena fight um, yeah, to honor Crixus's memory. And she agreed with me. I love her because she agreed. <laughs> I, I like and love her. She agreed with me on uh, Leida not being as amazing character and storyline for Spartacus's love interest. And I'm not too thrilled about Sybil and Gannicus's love interest as well. Yeah. And Jordan Grays, uh, she, uh, she or he... <laughs> ended up saying uh, based on the tweets and a interview there is a deleted scene that got cut from episode 9 where Nasir goes all crazy angry on Castus because he blames Castus and himself for Agron leaving and we talked about yeah, that we did. right and we said that and that's probably what Jordan Grace was saying yeah it's pretty much like it would have been such a distraction to be honest and I'm glad they left it out because we we just got to keep moving forward we can't have any more love interests that are interfering with people's lives at this point <laughs> well um, Tiffany F said that uh, she can't stand civil as well, and that she thinks that uh, we don't have time on the show for Genegas to play a white knight for a girl too stupid to too stupid to she to seek shelter from a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. I really like that. I, I appreciate them agreeing with me about Sybil and uh, Laida not being a crucial characters, and which kills me because they are the ones who lived at the end of the show. Uh, we had a really good tweet from Crowboy82. Don't, don't we love him? He follows us. Like He's always very supportive. He, he is so supportive, and he contributes a lot, too. So he actually tweeted at Liam J. McIntyre, Liam underscore J underscore McIntyre, who plays Spartacus, of course, and Stephen denied myself, and he said... Uh, with all of us in the in in the beginning of the tweet, have you read this yet? Why Spartacus is better than your fave TV show? And it was at this website called soundonsite.org. Mm. And that was a good article. It was really lengthy. It took me it took me half a day to read to read the thing, but because I was like doing errands and stuff. But it was a really good article. And guess what? Stephen tonight read it and he tweeted back at Crowboy and me. And of course, I I I didn't do the article, but I'm so <laughs> glad that I was included in, in the tweet. But Stephen tonight said at Crowboy eighty two at Liam J McIntyre at Sean Austino, that was deeply touching. Thank so much. Thanks so much for posting the link. Cool. That was really cool. Well, uh, if we're on tweets, Michael, great one, um, Mr. Pretty Boy Floyd, um, just gave us a shout out to he appreciates us giving him his Spartacus fix and talking about the show. And Lady Ferdosa, um, who's at Ferdosa D, said uh, gratitude for creating a platform or a great atmosphere for discussion. So we wanted to show her love. And then uh, Lindsay Phillips, uh, Odd Bee Cakes, uh, she wants to know about Caesar's story if that was left open as well for the spinoff on Stars. So we're gonna have to kind of ask, um, yeah. you know, Tyrone about that if he knows the inside tip on that. Yeah, there's been so many few rumors that are out there. Actually, there have been a lot of rumors, and there's less hard evidence <laughs> right. that there's gonna be a Caesar spinoff. Lastly, I want to do a shout out to uh, Deray at 
OS underscore midnight underscore love. And she said, Sean Aust- at Sean Austin O, can't wait to see the review tonight. I will dearly miss Spartacus series as well as your review show. Shout me out, please. And there you go. OS, <laughs> OS midnight love. Hope you enjoyed watching us. And we, you know, we love that you guys, all of you fans, we, there's so many of you guys that tweeted at us and we can't, we can't possibly fit all you guys into one show um, with, with the conversation, but we, we do appreciate it. The support. We love you guys. The support. And without, hey, without you guys, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. And anyway, let's go, let's get back to our show and let's see if Tyrone Bell is on the line now. Is he on the line now, Martin? He is not online yet. He, I'm actually waiting for him to get online for Skype because he's still offline. Okay, maybe he's busy training someone. Okay, we'll see about that. So, but, hey, but we can continue talking about the battle. Yeah, then. let's keep talking about the battle. But um, just to make it sure, tr- try doing another search for his uh, his Skype name, which is uh, T Y period Rex Rex one one. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it okay. should say he's from New Zealand. Okay. So Gannicus and um, Corey. Corey, they ended up getting crucified. Yes, and you know what? It was really for. For Corey, we didn't get to see much of her perspective, Mm -hmm. but honestly, she must have been in agony because she confessed to the man she loved, pretty much. That she killed his son. That she killed his son. Well, of course, you know, like he, dude, the son was raping her. Of course, she doesn't want to grieve him further by saying, okay, your son's dead. Oh, and by the way, he was raping me and I tried to tell you before, but you didn't listen to me. Of course, he doesn't. She doesn't want to like worsen things with him, right? So that's why she was remaining silent. And I thought it was so interesting how Caesar was coming to her aid. He really he was very protective of yeah. her and assisting, but it was because it was to his own personal gain. Yeah, he was lying. He initially. had his own issues with Tiberius that he was trying to use. I think uh, you know. I don't. I don't know if he really felt the compassion towards Corey that he was pretending to feel as much as he was uh, the vengeance for Tiberius and trying to take him down. So anything that he could do to take him down, I think that he would assist in that. Yeah. Um, but it was it was definitely sad to see them crucified at the end. It was. And, and it was see, all along Appian Way, which is that famous road. Even in the 1960s Spartacus film, we got to see that at the very end as well. Oh, see? I love yes. that you know your history. Show. It was another illusion. <laughs> I know my film history. Your I'm, film history. I've watched a lot of films in my life. <laughs> but it was sad that, uh, that, unfortunately, Marcus Crassus had to use Corey as an example for slaves not defying their masters and as much as he loved her he had to kill her you know what i don't feel like it was so much of an example as it was that he's trying to erase what happened to him he doesn't want that pain and Mm -hmm. heartache anymore and you and i were talking about this out there i feel like okay tiberius is dead that grieved him so much right and then he finds out his woman who's a slave by the way and was the was his was Tiberius's killer. Right. So of course he doesn't want to be around that anymore. Oh, it looks like we are good to go. Tyrone is online. Do we have him uh, on our I think so. Yeah, right say now? hi. Let's see if he's on there. Hello Tyrone. Are you online with us via Skype? Tyrone? Tyrone Bell? I think you better call Tyrone. <laughs> I'll call back, see what's going on. Okay, we're going to keep online. We're going to keep trying for Tyrone. Yeah. All right. But uh, I agree with you, Sean, on trying to erase those, uh, the evidence of, of the existence of the pain. It's kind of like when you break up with an ex, you throw away the photos. They didn't have photos back then, so you had to just kill the person. <laughs> yeah. Well, he ended up, he had, yeah, you have to do that, first of all. And, and, uh, and he actually ended up having that cast, which is kind of creepy, of... 
Tiberius's face, but I guess that was their thing. That was like their their equal to a photo kind of thing, well, right? They didn't have Instagram. You got to just you know <laughs> get plasters of their faces yeah. in order to keep them from memories. But he winds up crushing it when he finds out that Tiberius did defy him or uh, that he did mistreat you know the love of his life. And I do believe Marcus Crassus' love for Corey. I think that he really was in love with this woman, but. He couldn't take the pain of his son, like you said, in addition to losing the love of his life. Yeah, there was such um, that was such a great. Even though it was very subdued, it, it was well th- during that that crucifying scene. It was very subdued. He was just looking at her, and he wanted to be really stoic. But you know where he showed his humanity was in the tent when he found out, and that was the most vulnerable we've ever seen. Crosses. Oh yeah. He just the expressions on his face, the way he looked at her, the way he looked at Caesar, and. Uh, you know, a little bit of side note. I thought it was so funny the way he <laughs> smacked Caesar with his backhand like that. He gave him a good little bitch slap. And Caesar carried that scar and blood on his lip the whole rest of the episode. Well, it's funny. This is very sad. But during the show, while I was watching it at home, uh, my my boyfriend shouts out in honor of Caesar, like, and Caesar was raped, too, because Caesar oh, yeah. didn't tell, you know, he Caesar admits to Corey's rape, but doesn't admit to his, you know, to still keep his, I guess, masculinity and pride going on. But that would have been a golden opportunity for him to say what Tiberius did to him as well. And he didn't. He still kept quiet about what Tiberius did to him because there's no way Marcus Crassus would have trusted him if he knew that Tiberius defied him as well. Then he would have known that Caesar was behind all of this all along. Yeah, or he would have suspected it. Right, exactly. But uh, that that just... Caesar, or excuse me, Crassus, he ended up having such a powerful monologue at the end when they were on Appian Way. So fast forward a little bit to back where they're, you know, with the crucifixion. So he ends up saying something like, okay, the past is... Caesar and him have a little dialogue, and Caesar says, like, what, are you going to rewrite history? And he's like, no, the past is set. We can't do anything about it. The present, we only have, like, grieve, grievances and pain here. But you know what? The future, we can all forget about that. And that's that was totally symbolic of his relationship with Corey, because even though they had such a great relationship, mm-hmm. it ended up being so fraught with pain and yeah. anger and anguish. And, and now he just wants to forget about her, and that's why he's crucifying her. Should we, while we're waiting for Tyrone to get on the phone, should we do some quotes so that we can discuss uh, some of the great things that were said during the show? Yeah, let's do some quotes. Uh, I love this. This episode was filled with great quotes, of course, because it's the last one. It's the series finale. Gratitude for your wards and what comfort your presence has given. And that was Spartacus. Did you get that one? No. That was Spartacus (laughs) to Laeta saying that that her just talking to him is being so nice and and her being physically there of course when they were having sex was comforting well speaking of of gratitude i did notice that everybody was shouting out to him gratitude 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 yeah. before they went into battle yeah. just for the lives that they can now live and the freedom that they have because of spartacus and so i just i, I love the writing because instead of saying thank you they say gratitude yeah and that was actually a really powerful scene too i i was kind of i was feeling it i got a little bit emotional when all the and that wasn't just the men that were fighting in battle that was the women the children the people who were non-combatants they were all giving spartacus thanks and that was before they had to separate from the group so that they could be spared and not right. be slaughtered with the rest of the rebels who were fighting in the army. Exactly. And Agron and Nasir, of course, we mentioned that they walk off into the sunset. But in the beginning, uh, I like that Nasir had told Agron, my place is upon field and uh, battle. This is what Agron said. And then Nasir replied, mine is forever by your side. Yeah. So even till the very end, there's this 
amazing love story between them. And what I was uh, mentioning to you while we were watching the show was this is a uh, you know piece of history, some of it true, some of it fabricated for television. But behind war, behind every evil atrocity, there's always an amazing love story that makes a really good story interesting. And whether we know whether this love that Spartacus had was true or whether Nasser and Agron really <laughs> existed or, you know, Crixus and um, Na- Navia, these love stories make the show so much more amazing. And that's what's so good about fiction and and the writers like Stephen Estenite, who is, I keep saying this, he is our modern day Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. And that's what's so great about them. They're able to focus on the emotions of historical stuff and like, and fill in the gaps because we don't know. Everything is about history. It's so cold. It's calculating. All we hear is about is like how many people died where, the place, you know, who the generals were, who was fighting and, and what they were fighting for. That's and but it doesn't have to do with love. It's like what they're fighting for politically, or for money, or for you know like a rebellion or whatever. Right. We, we don't get to hear about love enough. And Stephen denied. He even said it like numerous times in numerous interviews, and he said it even I think at the LA premiere that we went to. He said that ultimately this is a love story. That's exactly what it is, and we saw that at the end when Spartacus is on his deathbed. Yeah. And all his thoughts are just traced back to his true love. And Leia's sitting right there. Yeah, but she's respectful of it. <laughs> yeah. But my whole thing is just like he's ha- he even admitted, um, and I wrote down one of the quotes, which was why I was saying I wanted to get to our quotes, um, because at some point he admitted that his his you know wife had told him that he would forever only be in love with her. Yeah. And that remained true throughout the entire uh, show. And that was really nice how uh, he's there was a really good quote, too. I don't know if I wrote this down, but I pretty mu- I think I pretty much memorized it when he was with Gannicus in the tent talking and they were doing the council before the battle. He said to Gannicus, and again, he confides in him, which is so cool. He hasn't really done this with many of the other men who are his brothers, the, mm-hmm. the other gladiators. I guess it's because Gannicus is the outsider. Um, but he said to him, true, I have found comfort in many women, but I have still like had only one true love in my wife, Sora. Yes, that is a that's I love that. That's the true, true, true love right there. And so, um Do you have any other quotes? I have more. Then. Yeah, I have tons more too. <laughs> okay, let me let me go ahead and read one. I would and give you can, life oh, to gaze ahead. upon forgiveness again. And that was Corey to Marcus Crassus. Yeah, that was a nice one. You know, and she did give life in order to get his forgiveness again. Yeah. Um, Corey, she's so beautiful. I thought she was the, the most beautiful woman on the uh, uh, this season of Spartacus. And I agree with that. I'm glad that we got to see so many of those sensual scenes she was in. <laughs> I have had my fill of swords and tearful farewells. I desire blood and cries of our enemy. Uh, and that was Gannicus <laughs> talking, pretty much talking about how he want he like it, he pretty much said what everybody was thinking. All of us audience members, us fans of the show, we're thinking that we we enjoy the farewells, yes. But you know what? Now it's time to move on to blood and gl- guts and glory and battle. Well spoken, well said. Uh, break words and pray to your gods. I find them of worth. And this was Spartacus uh, to the little messenger that Marcus Crassus had sent in order for them to have some communication with the, with each other before they uh, began their conversation. Yeah, that was really cool. Spartacus is lethal with those spears, man. Uh, you, yeah. Even I was I rewatched the first episode, and he even did that then. The first episode of of the Spartacus series, he threw a spear and he knocked over one of the guys that was leaving the battlefield. It is a heavy burden to gaze at war's end and weigh bitter cost of it. And that was Gannicus when he entered the tent right before the battle. He was pretty much telling Spartacus, like, hey, man, like, you're, it's, it's a hard job to be the commander of this army. 
the general, pretty the leader of this army, because he sees what's going to happen. Right. And not only that, but during that scene, actually, we see Spartacus pulling the map, and he looks at Thracia, his homeland, and he can never go back there. That was a sad moment. It was. <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, Sean, Sean, look what he's doing. <laughs> I felt something. I just got, I got an echo of the feeling I felt watching it. Um, I, once again, got to give a Corey's quote. You stand as you always have a good man who does what he must. So once again, she knows she's, she knows that he, that Marcus is not going to let her live, but she still is in support of him. She loves him so much. She was honest with him. She told him the truth and still supports him and still pushes him because she knows that he has to go into battle and she loves him. Very true. He but delays coming tied with grains of sand. And that was Crassus talking about, uh, I guess it was when, they, uh, when Spartacus's army reached that crevasse and the men started falling in. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's so many of us. You know, he can't do anything. We have so many men. He's, he's like the tide of the ocean. And Spartacus, he sees, are like grains of sand on the beach. They're right. Like nothing. It is a glorious day to have so many Romans to kill. Yes, I love that quote. <laughs> I got that down. You stole it. I took it from you. Ha! I have longed to see you in true contest, as I have longed to see your head parted from neck. Oh, my God. Who and said that? That was between Caesar. The first line was Caesar, and the second line was from Gannicus. Oh, was God. Really oh when, yes, that was good. When they saw each other in battle for the first time there, and, and since, you know, obviously since before then, Caesar was undercover uh, i forgot his name like liniscus or something like that when he was undercover in the city right but that remember they had that little contest and caesar like kind of got his ass beat but he ended up <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say kicked i don't know why <laughs> kicked is not a bad word no but uh he now they're in battle and they can actually really spill blood and kill each other but then they all started coming in all the romans started coming in and surrounding yeah. Anicus. That's, that's something that romans always do throughout every like form of media you can find the romans even the senator romans they always gang up on people and stab one guy hey man it's called organization <laughs> like, like, when, like in julius caesar a play right written by shakespeare you know of course like 50 or 100 stab wounds in one caesar but that's the difference between winning the war and losing and the first thing that we noticed was the unorganization uh or disorganization of uh the rebels versus the romans even though they had some good moves up their sleeves they did there was there was you know honestly they they can't overtake numbers. Well, the difference between, I think, their fighting is that the the rebels just, you know, they charge you, they come at you, they're fighting uh, with all their might. But what they don't do is protect one another. They weren't, I felt like, protecting each other as much as the Romans were doing the guarding. And you know what it ultimately comes down to is money. They don't have the funds to spend on armor and right. weapons and shields and ballistae and catapults that they can use for their war weapons. Obviously, Crossus, he's the richest man in Rome. He was able to do that. Yeah, very true. Uh, Sax's quote, uh, I again find myself in your arms. I love that because I knew that she really she really did love Gannicus. And they didn't go too far as to her sentiments on losing him to Sybil. I don't think they elaborated on that storyline that much. Sybil just kind of won Gannicus at the end. She but did. I did like that Gannicus still showed a torment when he saw Saxa fall. The last quote I have is, do not shed tear. Actually, I have two last quotes. <laughs> do not shed tear. There is no greater victory than to fall from this world a free man. Mm. And that was Spartacus's last beautiful words that that poured from mouth. <laughs> 
It is hard sight to see one so loved among the damned. And that was Caesar talking about uh, Corey being crucified. Oh, yeah. That was that was a really sad scene. A good quote by Caesar, yeah. too. And the last one I have here is, we have yet found way forged by loving hands. And I don't know, maybe you said that, actually, but that was Nasir who um, had who had made the shield oh, for yes. Agron to hold, despite Correct. Agron's inability to hold a weapon. So it was so cool that, and Spartacus was like, hey, what, why are you still here, Agron? I ordered you away. You know, you can't fight. Right. And, and that was the quote that Nasir said right after that. So well done. And it shows his, not only the brotherhood between them because they can fight, you know, like all of them together. And, but, but honestly, like Nasir has so much love mm-hmm. for Agron that he made him something. He like, he made him a present for battle. Oh, uh, did we mention um, his little love affair going down during the battle? With uh, Castus? Yeah, Castus. Okay, it wasn't so much of a love affair. Uh, Castus had a huge crush on him, he and Agron was about to whoop that ass for trying to take his he man. Did. And we forgot to mention <laughs> that we forgot to mention Spicy. Out of the, all the fallen people, the big characters, uh, we you know we mentioned Lugo and Saxon. They're supporting characters. Castus is one too. We forgot about him because he's a pirate. I guess. Yeah, we. I mean, we haven't known him as long. We've been like a couple episodes, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> but yes, that's a that's one that we definitely uh, had to mention. And he got cut like right down the torso. It was like gaping open wounds gaping open wounds you know it's bad when we start talking just like them <laughs> that's what we're I gonna love. go we're gonna go home and we're not gonna be able to uh, forget their dialect we're gonna be talking to our loved ones like this <laughs> i'm actually wondering if in the next show and i tweeted this at Stephen tonight earlier this week i said I, one of the things that i'm gonna miss the most about uh this about spartacus is the colorful use of language and metaphors and it's a, it's like even though it's in english it's its own unique tongue in it a way it is it definitely is and i'm wondering and i and i asked uh i asked even tonight in my tweet will you create a new tongue for your new show <laughs> when it comes out wait so did did he tweet you back no he didn't tweet oh, me back. dang it okay well he's probably a little busy uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. working on you know caesar or whatever but yeah. <laughs> incursion actually that's his next what's show. the next show called incursion incursion so is it going to be along the lines of spartacus uh i don't think so i think it's going to be a sci-fi thing like it's going to be on stars oh okay but you know we this is actually a perfect segue into our news and gossip perhaps Let's Mar- do it. Martin. While, we're, while we're waiting for Tyrone. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Yes, so um, one of the big things that people have been... I've been looking at in tweets and stuff and, and seeing what Stephen DeKnight is working on next. And he is working on this one series, four stars, once again, called Incursion. And with the success of Spartacus, I'm sure that this guy, our, mod- oh, yeah. our modern-day Shakespeare, I can't, I can't say it enough. He is covered in tattoos. He is going to be writing another awesome show. And this time he's going to take it in a direction that he wants to because he wrote for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He wrote for other like sci-fi fantasy shows. So I think it's it's fitting that he's going to bring it back to that genre. And though I didn't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Are you crazy? I, I feel like because he has such, like, he's got such clout now and it, people are really giving credit to his ideas. And he's, he's going to have like whatever this no shoot new show is it's going to be such a great intellectual and, and good show but i bet of course like sci-fi stuff it's probably gonna turn women off a little bit more who knows maybe it'll be a kind of sexy show again could very well be yeah 
I'm hoping I just tweeted at Tyrone uh, saying hop online because we're trying to get a hold of you. Um, hopefully he's not in the middle of one of his like protein shakes and workouts. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we were doing I did a lot of research on him and his workout regimen and how he trains everybody in addition to the fact that he also is uh, the stunt double for uh, for Manu Bennett. And I actually didn't know that. Thank you for bringing that up. You're spicy. quite welcome. So that's that's really cool. And he kind of looks like him. He's got the beard going. Maybe that's why he had the beard in some of the videos that I saw with his stunt coordination yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. So he doesn't just coordinate their stunts. He does that. He does... Well, actually, the stunt, the main stunt guy is actually Alan Poppleton, and we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but Tyrone Bell, he does a lot of the stunt work help. And it, actually, there's this one shot, the screenshot that I took. I'm pretty sure that's him right there helping out, like, pull the gir- like the, whatever they are, like the ropes and stuff to make people fly around the set. Do you kind of see what I'm talking about? Wait, the guy in the blue? No, the guy that's next the to right? him with the shirt off. Oh, with the shirt off. Yeah. Yummy. So I got that. <laughs> I got, and I'm pretty sure that's Tyrone Bell. <laughs> but uh, that's I got that from one of his uh, twit pics on his Twitter account. You can follow him. Um, I think, what is his thing? Okay, his handle on Twitter is at Tyrone, T-Y-R-O-N-E, Bell, B-E-L-L, 1919. You guys can follow him and give him some followers. He's got 1,400. You know, I think I think he just barely started tweeting recently, so we should get him up there. And he has actually this really cool Harley Davidson that he had a twit pic and an Instagram pic of. Did you see this, Spicy? So really, oh, that is pretty cool. It's an awesome pick of him on this on this motorcycle. It's beautiful. I wanted to ask him about it once he got on uh, on Skype with us. So he has this thing also called Legion Training, which is uh, it's starting this month actually. So I'm not sure if it started yet, but it's pretty much. It's an unconventional, no apologies, and results-based workout. And it's all from the Spartacus gladiatorial workout that they did on the show. So he's adapted it now to have it used by the general public. And and the tagline for it is just work out and and improve your body 1,140 seconds at a time. Oh, wow. And if you calculate that, you divide it by 60, that ends up being... 19 minutes at a time. <laughs> I love that Sean can do math, too. <laughs> and it's not just meant, this this Legion training workout, it's not just meant for men, it's for women, too. Like, look at this sexy woman nice. that Tyrone put up on his website there. So this, if, if you want to find it, by the way, just type in Legion training, and it'll go to it, into your Bing search bar, and it'll go to Tyrone's website for Legion training for men and women. And it's, it's pretty much a, uh, it's a contest. So it's like a contest or a challenge, and you get in shape for 11 weeks and when and at the end of the 11 weeks you of course you take a before picture before right. you start and then you take an after picture and you send them in like a couple weeks after the deadline stops and then you get to i think it's tyrone and some of the other cast members get to pick who they oh, view as being, that's pretty cool yeah the most improved and and spartacus himself liam mcintyre gets to choose and he gives i think he gives like some kind of personal shout out or he announces it or something like that or they get to they get something signed by him i forget exactly what it is i wanted to ask tyrone well hopefully we can get him on the line like i said i just tweeted him uh what i thought amazing was amazing was a picture that he tweeted um of marcus crassus who his before and after shot yeah, simon merrill's yes actor. um simon so before he started working with him he was very thin uh, not very toned, and now his body is ripped and amazing, and that's just from working with Tyrone. Yeah, he looks he looks so amazing, and I, I was actually looking at that uh, twit pic too, spicy, and um, it, it was from an article, and let's see, wait, it was from menfitness.com. Oh, it looks like we, we got, got Tyrone him? back on the line. Hello, Tyrone, are you there? Tyrone. Tyrone. 
Oh, looks hello, like we're drawing, we're drawing a blank still. Uh, he's maybe. online, and I called him. Yeah. Did he answer? Hey. Yeah. You know what? Maybe, some, maybe something's wrong with his computer. Oh, that's a bummer, man. But he's online now. Yeah, well, hopefully, maybe you can just... Uh, Stall. Like, keep stalling. Okay, do a chat, do we, a chat with him. <laughs> Say, hey, man, we're trying to get you on. We can't get, uh, we can't get audio or video with you. We got to get something because I have, I have some pressing questions that I want to ask him that I'm sure our fans for Spartacus also want to know. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so anyway, back to that article on men's fitness. And actually, I think uh, Tyrone was actually interviewed in this article too. But it went from, uh, okay, so Simon Merrills, he actually, he's six foot, so he, he's just like half an inch taller than me. But he's 47. This guy, can you believe this guy is 47? Simon Wait, Merrill, who plays Crassus. he's Krasis. 47? He is 47. He's like one of the oldest guys on the show. Tyrone. Hey. Tyrone, yay. Tyrone. Hey, how are you? Hi, Tyrone. This is Spicy and Sean from AfterBuzz. We're so excited to have you on the line with all of our Sparty fans. Uh, excellent. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to hear your voice. All right. This is this is great. So we want to ask you so many questions. I don't think we're going to be able to ask everything we want, Tyrone. Uh, but <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's do the speed style then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speed style. <laughs> okay, so how did you get started in show business overall? Um, well, I actually started out as a stuntman, but it was more probably along the lines of a, a stunt kid. I, um, my dad was actually a stunt coordinator for the uh, TV shows Hercules and Xena. You remember those ones oh, way back in the day? Yes. yes. Yes, yes. Well, that was well as a kid, that was my part-time job, was getting beaten up by Lucy Lawless. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how I started out. And pretty much I, um, I didn't really stop from there. Okay, very cool. And so then you got involved with Spartacus. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. I came on the uh, Spartacus crew when I actually uh, ran into one of the coordinators. And at the time, they needed a Crixus double, and I was the perfect fit for it. So I came on there um, in episode four of Blood and Sand. And yeah, I, I continued as the Crixus double the whole way through. Um, but then the training and nutrition side became a major player, and that probably became my more important role on the show. So how did they transition you from being uh, Manu Bennett's uh, stunt double to training the entire cast and crew? <laughs> well, there was no real transition. It was more like, this is also your job. <laughs> <laughs> did they increase yeah. your pay for that? Did you get a raise for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not as much as I should. <laughs> I was looking at no, some... no, no, it. It was fine. I mean, uh, be, being a stunt performer anyway. Um, our job is to stay in stay in shape all the time, and um, you know it was it was an easy enough thing to do because we were all all on the same show. We all had to have the same look. Um, so you know the principles that I applied to everyone, it, it was already kind of what I was following. But um, you know, so it wasn't a major a major add on. It was just something extra to definitely be doing. What were uh, this is uh, Sean by the way, Tyrone and. Uh, Hey, uh, so what were some of the most difficult stunts you've had to do on set with Spartacus in the series? Well, to be honest, the show itself, um, you know, it's it's not a um, it, it's not difficult in regards to like if you've got a modern day show where you're dealing with vehicles and um, you know um, elements there that um, you, you know become a major player. Th these are constant fight scenes where we get a script and we're looking at twelve, thirteen fights ra raging from massive battle scenes to one-on-one -on -one intricate fights. Um, the most difficult thing, believe it or not, is when the fact that we have about 
you know, we've got five key cast members, but we've got 12 cast all up, and they're all in one fight together. And it's getting the timing right, because on the mm. show we had a thing called the phantom camera that um, shoots at about 600 frames per second. So you oh see every goodness. bit of detail. So we want to see all the players, all the cast, you know, kick, kicking butt in one scene, and it comes to timing. So that that was the most difficult thing, um, you know, do, doing stunts in Spartacus was the the massive scale of even a single frame. Um, that yeah, I know, I know that doesn't sound major as in regards to the stunt itself, but that was our most difficult. That's probably the job. hardest. <laughs> no, I would think, I would say it's the hardest too. Like I think I was reading some of the articles that you guys put up that you put up on your t- uh, tweets, Tyrone. And uh, one of the things uh, I think one of the videos that we we're watching is that uh, said that because there's so much slow mo with the phantom camera, it's like the the cast members have to do a lot of their own stunts as well. Am I correct? That's right. That's right. That's um, when the phantom camera comes into play. Yeah, because it's so slow. You uh, you do see you see the uh, the face, and we, we can't use doubles. Um, you know, or, or it's very difficult to hide the fact if we need to put a double in there. So that was one of the things that these casts also had to be, you know, fit, fight ready, and um, able to take some hits too. So, what was the most fun and most impressive fight scene that you, or, or fight scene, or even stunt that that you're proud of for this season, for the the last season of Spartacus? I would I would have to say, and it's funny enough though, it's because uh, I think it was episode, I think it was episode six. I actually sparred Manu Crixus. Uh, um, <laughs> And I think because I spent the four years doubling him, so I never, ever fought him while all the other boys, you know, they, they always had a rumble with Manu. And Manu was fantastic in regards that he was very method. And when it came to a fight, you were fighting for real. <laughs> so, you know, wow. it, was, it was a good time. I had a, a bit of a spa with him. Um, I think it was, it was sort of, you know, a bit of a sentimental thing because it was, you know, four years together. And, you know, we get to finish it with uh, having a fight. Kind of a boys thing. Very cool. Oh, who's who's your favorite cast member to work with? Is it Manu? Oh, um, well, well, that depends. I spent a lot of time with the guys, you know, in regards to the training. Um, so, oh man, I, I can't say. They're, they're all, <laughs> he they're does. All he has great. to choose. He can't, it's too hard to choose. Wait, but you can. What about the ladies, though? You work with some of the ladies, don't you? Oh yeah, we get beaten up by the ladies regularly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the girls are great. I mean, they came in like, um, for instance, you know, everybody recognizes Alan Saxa. She came in a fantastic athlete straight off the mark. You know, they cast her. She was in shape. She was ready to go, and you know, a, a great heart. Um, you know, there would be nothing she wouldn't try, and um, pick things up very, very quickly. So, you know, I. As a, as a double, I didn't fight her that often because you know, um, you know, I, I was Crixus, so to speak. Um, but you know, training with her, you know, um, in regards to all the fight scenes, you know, just watching her, she she was fantastic. You know, a, a lot of heart there. But you know, working with that, all the cast had their own sort of personalities, and it was just a good dynamic through everyone, um, guys and girls. Everybody had to be put on a strict diet, correct, in order for them to achieve, like, the bodies that you guys wanted for their character roles. <coughs> so what was some of the stuff that you cut out or that you added in their, in their meals? Like, what did, what did, like, a normal day or a normal meal look like for them? Um, well, it did, it did vary from person to person, obviously. Um, I, I take an approach where I like to use a lot of whole foods. It's very important for me. I don't use too much supplements. Um, when it comes to recovery and things like that, yeah, um, glutamine, BCAAs um, come into play. But I want these guys eating whole foods. Whole foods are the best way to go. It was very high in protein. 
Um, there were carbohydrates in there, but they were structured at times that they would be burnt. Um, you know, these guys were putting in a lot of effort and training. Um, so, you know, they had to have the fuel to keep going. Everyone was a little bit different because everybody had goals. Um, I guess my specialty was training the guys in regards to like transformation. Like Liam, I had the specific role to pack on as much muscle mass on him as possible. Um, Simon, uh, who played Crassus. They wanted him shredded. They wanted him looking, you know, sort of along the lines of a bit Fight Club. So, and he got shredded, oh, according yeah. to the article that you posted that I saw on your Twit pics. Yeah, yeah, he got shredded. He came in at um, about a 16, 17% body fat. In four or five weeks, we had him down to 9% body fat ripped before we started shooting. And over the course of the entire season, we maintained him about that and we started packing on some lean muscle mass over, you know, the last episode. You know, shirt off, he, he looked jacked. He oh, looked great. When are you, you know, coming? followed when, everything to a T. When you come into LA, I need to bring you to 24-Hour Fitness with me. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those kind of results? Oh, my gosh. But with everybody <laughs> on a strict meal plan like that, and I know you you live on a strict one as well, and usually your body fat is like you said 10 to 6, 10 at the most percentage, 6% usually. Uh, yeah. What's your cheat meal? Like if you could like have a cheat day, what do you, what's your cheat meal consist of? Well, I don't actually, uh, I don't have a cheat day. I don't believe in cheat days. Um, but, uh, you know, so, some people and some trainers will actually add in a cheat day and they think that's for, um, you know, uh, keep you sane, that sort of thing. But there's actually a purpose to having a cheat meal. So if your body has been on a calorie-restricted diet for so long, your body starts to get used to it and results start to slow up. Oh. So you actually in put a cheat meal where you take in a huge influx of calories, not empty calories, I'm not talking alcohol and sugar, but a huge influx of calories and you actually trick your body for the next 48 hours it thinks, this is great, I'm going to get these calories again, let's start burning fat easier and you jump straight back on your diet, straight back in your cardio, straight back in your training, next 48 hours you are actually burning fat at a more efficient rate. Wow. Um, I didn't so know for that. my cheat meal, I do the rounds of the takeaways. You know, I'm eating pizza. I'm eating <laughs> yeah. chicken. I am, yeah, 6,000 calories in one sitting. It's, it's a beast. Wow. <laughs> So we gotta. We really want to talk to you about so many things, Tyrone. But let's. Uh, we we only have a few more minutes left. Tell us about your Legion Training website and 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 how you get that started. What inspired you to get started, and what is it about? Okay, well, Legion Training itself is the approach that I came up with when training the key cast members of Spartacus. Um, the main difference with this to any other training is the fact that it is done in under 20 minutes weight training. And the reason that came about is because production on Spartacus was so hectic. Shooting schedules were so strict that often it would be like, okay, Tyron, you've got Liam for half an hour, go do your thing. And it was, at the start, I was like, well, how am I meant to do this in you know half an hour? So I had to come up with an approach that would deliver results, You know, whether their goals with the pack on muscle, um, shred up, whatever they were, I had to deliver that approach in basically, um, you know, under 20 minutes. So that's how it came about. And because everybody's so time poor these days, mm-hmm. it was such, you know, it caught on. You know, there's a sample of it on bodybuilding.com and the response has been absolutely massive. It's like, you know, I can actually achieve these results, you know, in this short time frame. So that's what Legion is all about, is training in short time frames. Um, and it's the same approach that I used with the uh, Spartacus crew. So now people can train, eat, live like their um, favorite, you know, gladiators. In what way is the Legion training different when it's geared towards women as opposed to men? 
Okay, well, it's it's the same approach as in the time frame, but you know, obviously, hormonal differences, um, you know, uh, girls' goals and everything do vary from guys to guys. So the actual sort of exercise content itself does differ, but it's all within the still the nineteen minutes. The nutrition approach is still the same as well in regards to it's still whole foods. You know, we still watch you know everything that we pop in, um, but it just differs in the fact of the exercise focus. You guys were working pretty hard on the show. Did you ever let the cast uh, ever have a drink of alcohol or anything to just like party a little bit and unwind? Oh, well, the rap party went pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, would be, what would be the alcohol of choice if you were going to uh, drink? <laughs> uh, well, I know Simon, <laughs> Simon Merrill's loved his, uh, loved his red, you know, but um, – we, we we kept that sort of to a um, to a minimum. Um, you know, I, I I don't put a full ban on it or anything like that. I had no place to do that, but I did just you know realize look, there's 200 calories per glass sort of thing. I just make them realize the truth. Um, you know, I just I just lay the facts out, and they want it bad, so you know they would uh, they'd come around and see it my way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go ahead. Uh, we have a, uh, like two more questions to wrap up with right here, cool. Tyrone. Um, so what other projects do you come do you have coming up in the near future? And are you going to be working with Stephen Tonight and his team and Robert Tapper, Sam Raimi, any more in the upcoming shows like maybe the Caesar spinoff or Black Sails that may be coming or Incursion? Well, I can't say uh, I can't give away anything in that regard. Oh, uh, but I would love to work with those guys again. <laughs> uh, um, you know, like um, you know, way back in the Herc and Zena days. You know, that was with Rob Tappert and everything like that. So I've been doing it for years with these guys, and I'd love to do it again with them. Um, you know, their 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 shows are always very stunt orientated and you know physical demand. So I'd love to be training their cast again if you know um, if if they were up for it. Um, but besides that, it's at the moment. And it's all about legion training it's um you know getting this training technique out to the world so i can create as many gladiators and gladiatrix as possible yes favorite spartacus curse what is yours <laughs> i'm gonna jupiter's cock man that's jupiter's cock <laughs> jupiter's cock <laughs> screaming that everywhere dude that's I, I heard that when i was in new york people were screaming that it's like okay fair enough <laughs> very that cool is hilarious so uh where let's uh, uh tyrone thank you you know, so much for uh, coming on and buzzing with us on AfterBuzzTV.com podcast about Spartacus and about your role in in helping to produce this great, fantastic show with all the great stunts and uh, and the nutrition and making those guys look shredded. Where can our fans follow you and add to your Twitter followers that you got going on right now? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook, um, or the, probably the best place is actually legiontraining.com. And at the moment there, um, you, you can you can pre-register for the program, um, oh, and you can cool. find out all the details for that. But that's got all my links off it as well. Okay, very cool. Tyrone Bell, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you very much, guys. It was, it was my pleasure. All right, man. So that that's so cool. We yeah. got him on the line. I Yay. know, fantastic. <laughs> Your tweets work spicy. Yeah, I, I was tweeting at him like, "Come on, uh, come on, we need you." <laughs> so uh, you know what? I think that about does it for us. We got to get out of here. It's Martin's giving us the cue to wrap it up. Sorry, guys, but we at least got Tyrone in, and we got to wrap up this last episode, and it was amazing. Hopefully, we can uh, eventually get confirmation that uh, there will be a Caesar spinoff, maybe of Spartacus. But unfortunately, the show has come to an end. I know, and this. Is is the first after Buzz tv podcast that i've done for a series finale and it's so sad you know like 
we're not gonna be able to be buzzing with the same fans I as know. much, you know. But if you guys want to follow us, you can sure follow me at Sean Austin O on Twitter, and it's the same handle for Instagram as well. And you can play with my Twitter day and night at spicy underscore Madi, where I will be talking about uh, spicy tips and uh, any sex scenes in every single show. <laughs> and, and my next After Buzz TV podcast will be Hemlock Grove, which is a Netflix original series. We're going to be doing that on Tuesday nights, I think starting February 23rd. So you guys can watch that show with me. I'm going to I'm not going to watch all the episodes at once on a weekend, but I will watch them one week at a time and I'm going to be giving my reviews of that show. But anyway, you guys, uh, thank you so much. It's been epic. It has been glorious. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I am Spartacus! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 